there if you are tuning into this podcast it means one of two things either you have no clue about managing your finances or you want to take them to the next level either way we've got you covered financially ever after is for the modern day indian professional who is ready to take control of their financial journey so let's start building your financial future one episode at a time welcome to financially ever after Hello and welcome to the 6th episode of Teams. I'm Meetha, co-founder of wealthup.me, and along with my co-founder Ankita Garwal, we created this podcast to help you navigate the world of personal finance and make informed decisions about your money. So in today's episode, we'll be discussing the financial scars that people have and how to overcome them. Our guest tonight is Aditi. Um Aditi is an ex-co-founder and product leader with over 10 years of experience in product growth and leading teams. Uh, she bootstrapped her startup to a revenue of 4 CR, and she's very strong at understanding the drivers of human behavior and designing engaging products to shape them. With global work experience and having worked with users from more than 42 countries, and herself having lived in over 12 countries, she we thought would be the perfect person to talk about financial literacy and personal finance and this topic of financial scars, um, because this actually came up uh, during one of our conversations. So hi Aditi, welcome to the show. Hi Meetha, thanks for having me. Cool, cool. So I thought you know uh, we could start this conversation by you know right off the bat talking about our own uh, financial scars. You know something that uh, has been on our mind or you know experiences that we've had in the past. So Ankit, would you like to start? So uh, one of the scars that I can talk about is that see I come from a, a big family. and uh, out of all the chachas and mamas uh, you know our uh, our family was sort of least well off um, i remember as a child um, i felt i was being treated differently because our family couldn't afford the best of things i started from a background of in quality you know scarcity and uh, i learned that it is uh, better not to spend money on something that is not urgent i suppose uh, you know my passion of finance uh, for uh, helping others comes from feeling i had when i didn't have money in preparing for this episode uh, i realized that uh, uh, my financial scars are what pushed me to be financially successful to become financially free at 29 but even today uh, when i don't have any liquidity issues or money problem i still procrastinate many a times i still procrastinate on uh, you know a number of purchases uh, even when logically it makes sense to do it sooner than later for example you know uh, booking a flight but you know that is the kind of impact uh, my background has uh, has on me sure and i think that's why it's so important cuz this so uh, like ankit mentioned this is not something that we even thought about uh, and it was only in our conversation with aditi that this kind of came up so uh, this in preparing for tonight's conversation we did some introspecting ourselves and you know kind of had some revelations uh, along the way uh, which we will be sharing with you so uh, aditi what about you what are some things that uh, have been experiences or scars for you when it comes to money definitely have had some personal ones but i feel that i actually want to share a story of a student of mine so at school of future you know we had students uh, from across the world one of these students she was living in detroit in michigan and uh, she built a business with us that started to do really really well so when the business was doing really well she was able to you know she started like purchasing uh, small things then eventually started getting things like purses and stuff like that and immediately you know everyone in her uh, life would notice and would say oh where did you get that and then she could 
go into her her whole spiel of you know how she is running this business and how she felt about it how strong she felt how independent she was like i remember her direct quote was that i bought shoes and purses to show my peers that i now earn money and that i am now independent so you know that feeling of um, feeling better than peers in a certain way but also feeling independent that i have built this myself and then like when the business started to like do not as well she was still um wanting to maintain that feeling right and it it ended up like this particular bad habit so to say was a clearly a coping habit for her because she didn't want to lose that feeling of feeling independent feeling like she's making her own money but essentially she ended up uh, you know falling in debt and like had to involve her parents to get her out of these kind of things but we really do need to talk about where our behaviors stem from you know when when we are overspending any of anything that we are doing in the financial realm there's a belief system that lies at the basis of it and if we do not analyze that belief system if we do not really understand how certain things in our past are shaping those behaviors it just like we, we are not doing uh, justice to our own you know financial habits in a certain way yeah so it's interesting so adhi the story that you spoke about in ankit as well they were both stories of scarcity right so if i uh, you know when i was thinking about it um, my experience has been very different because i grew up in a very upper middle class kind of a family we grew up in the middle east went abroad for my education so uh, you know for me uh, lack of money or scarcity was never a feeling so what that ended up doing is that i always felt like पैसे तो आ जाएंगे यू नो लाइक ऑफकोर्स दिस लाइक कमिंग फ्रॉम प्लेस ऑफ अबांडेंस आई ऑलवेज थॉट दैट दिस वुड रिमेन सो एज एन अडल्ट देन वेन आई स्टेप्ड इन टू यू नो माई वर्क लाइफ आई वॉज दैट पर्सन हु वॉज लाइक नेवर आस्किंग फॉर अ रेज ऑलवेज सेटल फॉर लो पे यू नो मेड रियली बैड करियर डिसीजन्स एंड you wouldn't necessarily think of abundance as a scar but I think that whole experience of my parents never teaching me how to budget or you know never teaching me like the value of frugality um and then of course me having to learn it the hard way then ended up becoming the scar so uh, very uh, different from the two stories shared but i think uh, that's the whole thing right like it's not necessarily associated with not having enough that's the point that i wanted to kind of stress on Uh, Aditi, I wanted to uh, come back to you. So your research was actually the um, the spark that kind of started this whole conversation. So if you can talk a little bit about you know what you studied and what your findings were. Right, right, right. Sure. So essentially, what I was looking at is uh, I started to get really interested in uh, financial bad habits, um, and essentially the whole conversation kind of started because. um you know all my friends uh, and luckily because of some mentors i've had in my life i've just talked about money openly i decided at a young age that like whatever it is like let's just talk about it openly because if i don't like how the hell do i know if i'm growing as well as my peers or if i'm not growing as well as my peers so i've just like you know i've promoted this conversation essentially in my past and then i just started to really like uh, think through how do financial bad habits happen why do they happen and is there a is there a, a sort of model at work um, you know that that leads to such bad habits because i think a lot of times our assumption is that, that um, and actually the assumption of pretty much every product in the market right and why i'm such a massive fan of wealth hub 
every everything in the market assumes that like if i had the right information in front of me i would make the right financial decision which is such a dumb way of looking at any product or any human at work humans do not think so directly if they did life would be much easier but products are much more complicated because humans think in far more complex ways so what we actually found is that you know there's a sense of um, social media and societal expectations then there's this habit of us uh, and especially i see a lot of youngsters in india falling for this where you know people are living paycheck to paycheck and then there's your own personal background and how you actually grew up what your childhood was like um you know if you were threatened by loan sharks that you're going to be thrown out of your house if you do not um fulfill the rent obviously you're going to have a very very different um scar when it comes to like going and taking a loan from even a very established bank right so social media this habit of living paycheck to paycheck personal scars all of this creates a lot of uh, what i like to call mental stress and math calculation that you're doing in your head and then it also leads to identity self esteem issues um this feeling of feeling like a failure feeling like what you are doing is not enough and essentially all of this then compounds into bad financial decisions right so that's the model that uh, meeta you wanted me to chat about let, let me know if you want me to double click on it yeah. no so um what was interesting in what you said and because we work day in and day out with clients trying to you know get them to make the right decision and that's the thing right humans are very illogical when it comes to money so you know a client will come to us and we'll say okay do a and then they'll go ahead and do b and then they'll come back to us to you know help them fix it so the thing that we identified was that financial literacy does not actually lead to better financial decision making which is what what you know you kind of very percent just because i know what is the right thing to do doesn't mean i will do the right thing and that is where we have to understand and analyze you know where our decision making is coming from so um ankit since you directly talk to a lot of clients work with them um you know what has your kind of experience been uh, or actually if you can share you know your whole um uh, perspective on this so no i uh, actually uh, what um, uh, aditi was sharing it's very interesting i mean you know what you have seen growing up or what you have experienced first hand does have a huge impact so actually i was uh, reading a research paper and that was very interesting so apparently all the people who lived through great depression never invested in stock market after that this may not seem like a big deal but uh, the us market saw few of its one of the best runs after world war 2 and you know this could have been the golden uh, period for investors I mean, let's say you were say in your twenties, you know, when this Great Depression happened, and uh, by the time you are in your early fifties, um, you would have accumulated a good a good amount of money, and if you would have invested it in the forties and fifties, you would be filthy rich. But instead, people, I mean, all these people, you know, chose to sit out, and probably uh, many would have told uh, this, you know, the story of Great Depression and everything that they witnessed and you know uh, went through to their children's too, and probably you know up to certain extent discouraging them. from investing in the stock market so what uh, you have seen and uh, what your uh, parents or you know your um, surrounding might have seen and shared with you that has a huge impact this is to both aditi and ankit whoever wants to answer first so what can these financial scars look like because you know they look like they are so different for me versus for you right so what are some telltale signs or what do they look like first of all i mean just based on you know the story that i told uh, one can be you know uh, not taking any risk 
Maybe if uh, whatever savings I have, I'll be just putting it in say fixed deposit or PPF, not investing anything in stock market or anything for that matter. Um, another thing can be, you know, people there are people who would just like to hold money. They just want to see that money in their bank account, and that is in some way comforting for them. So um, I had a client, uh, and he was like, okay, so uh, my dream is to see hundred crore in my bank account. And and he was like a very smart guy, very young, making good money, and um, he was uh, so I was like, hundred crore. I mean, he was like, okay, so you may feel uh, you know, okay, I'm so absurd or something. I was like, no, hundred crore is not absurd. What the absurd part is that you want to see it in your bank account. If you want to see it as your net worth, you know, your value of your investments, uh, that still makes sense. But uh, he was like, you know, I want to see it in a bank account. And there are so many people who just leave money in their bank account and tens of lakhs. Another thing that you know, uh, picking from what uh, the story that Aditi shared, I think uh, other other completely extreme end can be retail therapy. You know, just buying to uh, maybe to f- yourself feel better or to uh, prove it to others. You know, that can be another thing. Of course, my story is there about you know procrastinating. So that is also uh, there that uh, can be impact. And actually, I uh, thought about this one. You know, as I mentioned earlier, key about you know procrastination that I do many a times in terms of making expenses. Um, it is probably because of uh, you know I mean when I was going through there preparing for this, that is when I realized that probably this is because of my one of my financial scar. So yeah, here are a few of the things that I can I could think of. I mean, if Meeta or Aditi, if you want to add something. Right. Hoarding, I think, is like definitely a very common symptom. I think also, you know, one of the things that we don't often think about is that like who who's going to give you money therapy? You know what I mean? Like no one, no one really offers that, and I feel that's one of the most essential tools that we actually need to get over some of these uh, things. That and we'll talk obviously more about that in overcoming stuff. But but I think literally the financial world also has to. Set up and be like this is not just a uh, this is not just a lack of information problem. This is also a problem of people not paying attention to the right kind of issues and understanding that hoarding money, not not feeling like you can take any risk. Are uh, at this point there's barely any risk attached to putting your money in a fixed deposit. You can access it literally anytime. Maybe you will not get exact X that you were promised. You'll get slightly lesser. But it's barely like there is almost zero risk, right? Um, even with mutual funds, there's so many stable funds at this point. Even those things, I do not see. Like I have peers in my own friend network, people that are exceptionally intelligent, like some of the smartest people, people I know, some of the people making the most amount of money, as far as I know. But they still will not do some of these basic things. And essentially, you know, however you may put it, they are barely beating inflation, if that, right? um and that just seems like you're losing money in the long run right and, and that long term is not even 5 years 10 years but literally that year itself so one thing that i want to share um you know in addition to what you guys said is that i also think that you know i i was coming back to like why is it that my parents um never shared their financial struggles with us right it's something that we don't talk about in families we don't talk about money anyway but uh, so my father actually um, he came from an extreme kind of you know like i don't know what, like very very humble beginnings and uh, i think he was always uh, like wanting for things so he had this thing that my children will not want for anything 
So, you know, like basically they will have the best of everything. And that has always been his thing, whether it was buying, you know, like I was in 10th standard, you know, and I was, I, I got my first uh, mobile phone and it had to be the best phone. Um, I had the first iPod, the first iPad, like, you know, it, it was just always um, whatever I wanted. Firstly, I was told that you could, you can have the best thing, but whatever he did in the background to actually make that happen, he never shared with us, which is why the guilt of me now feeling like, oh my God, I wasted so much of his money. Um, is is really tough, you know. But I think that that was his kind of burden to bear, right? Like he came from this mindset that my children will, um, you know, have everything and the best of it. But I think, I mean, obviously that is not the right way to think about it. But yeah, we all come from our own uh, our own uh, realities and experiences. So uh, I think that's another sign of of having a financial scar. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, it can be that like, generally people think it's, uh, you know, uh, not having enough, you know, financially is something that can, that can cause a scar. But what Meeta, you are sharing is, you know, it's completely from a different perspective. So that's very interesting. Yeah, and I think, the, I mean, at the end of the day, our, our parents are also humans with their own stories, right? It's just Absolutely. that I never thought about it. And I kind of blame them a little bit, right? Like, why didn't you teach me how to negotiate or, you know, uh, care about money? But I think, again, like now as an adult, I, I have like more empathy. I think yeah. uh, one more uh, way in which this card like comes up, right, uh, is, and there's a beautiful report called The Secret Financial Lives of a everyone should read it i think and someone should do it for india uh hint hint ankit and Medha, take it up for wealth up please but essentially you know like uh, there's a quote that i remember from that report which said like americans set expectations for their own lifestyles based on a tapestry quilted from instagram celebrities youtube videos and the curated highlights of their friends best moments and honestly, this is like what all of us are doing. And especially, um, I had a founder friend of mine um, and we were just chatting. I remember he had come over to our place and he was just looking around and he was like, you know, you guys kind of live in the same kind of apartment that I live in. And literally everyone I employ, okay, so the, he's like a 30, 32 year old person. Everyone I employ lives in like this, that, whatever he was, you know, uh, sharing some examples. And I do think that our young people are overspending in a certain way. I don't know where that comes from, but I, I think that we have to look into it deeply, right? Just because we are now making more money than we used to when we were young. Like my first salary was some 30, 35,000. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Which is fine. But, but I, I genuinely think, you know, at that time also, I remember I used to save 60% of my salary, 60 or 70%. Like practically like I was anal about it, um, you know, and, and I think that that level of thinking has to be there. It's one of the biggest problems that I see right now where, you know, overspending due to this sense of like managing certain level of lifestyle or certain level of, you know, social, like what you want to put on social media, things like that are guiding a lot of financial decision making, which is not maybe the best way to do it. Yeah, no, actually, I see that what you were saying now, that makes a lot of sense, you know, just inflating your lifestyle uh, based on certain parameters and many a times thinking ki without even knowing the background of someone else, if you think that okay, if that person can do it, why not me? And uh, another thing that has been happening, this is actually a completely different conversation, but you know, uh, lately, uh, like two years back, one and one and a half years back, uh, you know, people were getting paid really well, like amazing increments, people were jumping uh, from one job to another. 
and getting 20 30 50 percent hikes uh, you know and the, their money you know salary was doubling right. in in right. in a year's time and then they were just inflating their lifestyle and uh, we actually uh, i actually wrote a wrote an article about it as well back then ki uh, this is i mean of course you should be riding the boat try to make as much money as you can but try to save it because this is not going to last it can't be sustainable and the thing is that at some point uh, your income the increment that you are getting uh, you know it will it will temper off you know it will just slow down and uh, then the pace at which inflation is going and you know the new things uh, that are coming you won't be able to keep up with it see the other thing i was going to we have never had such, such a view of each other's lives before like we are sharing constantly about our lives right and because we it's on instagram it has to be pretty so it's the best of whatever we have and you know it's like i didn't know what people used to have for breakfast no one put a photo or a video of them like you know um going to the beach but now suddenly i know everything about everyone's lives and uh, of course that's not healthy so uh, aditi any tips on you know okay uh, social media is not going anywhere so what can, you know kind of insulate ourselves i think to me it's like less about insulation and more about just realizing that and you know weirdly enough uh, because we work with teenagers a lot right like essentially what we saw is that somehow i think you know there's a generation in the middle which is going to probably be worse off but like the gen alpha is slightly better about money than gen z like i think it is about recognizing the generation that you were born in the mindset that you were born into the family that you were born into because a lot of this uh, thought process right how you think about money is as important as how much you earn it's as important as anything else that you're doing with money financial literacy is not just about learning the terms or understanding nuances of uh, funds and investment it's about understanding who you are how you actually think about money what matters to you when you think about money right like what's the safety number for you to have in your account to feel safe great is that the right number talk to um, you know actually like account like uh, people like wealth hub that can help guide you in terms of how to think about your investment how to think about your risk appetite i just think that you know there's there's and and i think finance has always been used to exclude people right like i'm richer than you hence i know more about finance than you hence i will do better that is total bs in today's world i think people can really and people are uh, you know really doing what they can and learning a lot but i think that element of analyzing your self and your upbringing and your mindset about money is really really critical knowing your scars is the first step towards healing essentially so you know that advice of know thyself comes from iliad one of the oldest advices on the planet but still very relevant even in this realm of finance Oh, that's actually very well said, uh, Aditi. And you know what you said, ki you know the first uh, step is like you know acknowledging that. And I think you know with that uh, we can maybe uh, move to just understanding, ki, you know, how is it that we can heal uh, our financial scars and how we can overcome. So um, I think that of course with solving any problem, the first, the very first step is about acknowledging it and uh, you know sort of also I think ki uh, validating your emotions, uh, you know, that are associated with these uh, scars. and uh, you know the people what people can do then the first thing is and very importantly is that like you have to be honest about this you have to be honest with yourself and introspect what is it that is you know uh, causing this uh, or what might have uh, caused this 
and if it is uh, difficult for you to understand how to uh, you know open up i think it's also important uh, as with any problem i think ki uh, you are comfortable seeking support talk to a friend or maybe you know uh, be a part of community uh that can help you open up and you know understand these or if you i mean as uh, aditi was saying that it is i mean there is no financial therapist as such but if you are able to find one um, definitely talk to that person so that you know you can in a in a, in a non judgmental uh, setup you are able to let those emotions out of your chest and of course after that it is also about you know how can you reframe i mean you know you should be tricky how is it that you can reframe the narrator around the financial scar and it's just so that you know instead of seeing it as a failure how is it that you can see ki it can be a valuable learning i think do you want to add uh, something on that you know, ki from from the financial scar how is it that people can see ki okay uh, this happened and uh, xyz and what are you know how is it that i can learn from that i think like as what you said ankit that that really makes a lot of sense uh, looking at the like essentially it's like any scar right if you look at it and actually in social impact spaces there's this beautiful concept of wound gift like the deeper you look into the scars and the wounds that you have they essentially can become your gifts so i think uh, there's definitely an element of just seeing things not being judgmental about them not being just and just just know for a fact that a lot of these behaviors are irrational and like who said that rationality is the end all of everything you know it is fine like if it is irrational it is what it is and i think just facing that fact and realizing that yeah obviously if someone gave me a logical math equation to solve i would solve it differently but this is not math here right now right and uh, actually the deeper you go into math and physics also they become highly imaginative highly like you know engaging but I, anyway that's a side note but my point is that whatever it is that you like you are able to recognize in yourself right like think through how do you think about your bank balance what is the amount of bank balance that actually makes you feel good and then once you have that number in your head think through like is this actually what i need for emergencies is this actually what i need to support my family in uh, need Are, am i missing out on certain things like if you are you know essentially just increasing your bank balance but maybe not thinking through uh, insurance or uh, life insurance all of those things which is where i think uh, either wealth up or it's not wealth up even like whatever tool that you have at your uh, at your end please do use it to understand more about how safe you really are when it comes to an emergency um because i think sometimes by not wanting to look by not wanting to stand in that pain we end up hurting ourselves more it's interesting aditi you brought up the point of insurance right because of course we know that the insurance penetration in india is like really low but uh, there are always exceptions uh, to this case as well um, i don't know if ankit remembers who i'm talking about uh, oh yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah quickly i like to you know share that story so we have a, a client um, a very young guy you know he's in early 20s uh, you know joined his first sort of full time kind of job so uh, work he works uh, in a comp- for a company in bangalore but it's a remote work so he lives in a sort of a tier 3 or maybe a tier 4 uh, location with his uh, parents making really good money so you know in one of our initial uh, conversations i was talking to him and uh, he asked me about uh, life insurance okay if i should uh, take life insurance and um, and generally speaking even though ideally you should uh, try to take it uh, take a life insurance as early as possible because the premium will be very low which is very good for you but generally younger people are not very keen 
or you know uh, uh, on life insurance I generally, that is not the first thing that I uh, you know start talking uh, about um, and he was like okay so what is the maximum insurance coverage I can get so I answered and then I told him okay this is I mean this is a good, very good coverage and you don't really need it and uh, he said you know but I still want to buy it and I, I said why uh, you know ki, and he said ki, so he lost his dad when he was pretty young and then his family uh, you know had to go through a lot of financial hassles he paid for his own education his uh, younger brother's education and helping at home as well with expenses through part-time jobs and he doesn't want his family to struggle again financially ever I mean, if something was to happen to him. So he was like, okay, I'll just buy the, the best, the most expensive, the biggest coverage that I can get for life insurance so that, you know, my family is taken care of if something was to happen to me. So this is another, another you know, sort of uh, extreme, you know, that can be there. Yeah, and again, not super logical, but again, you can't really put it in the realm of logic. So I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit more about, um, uh, you know, building resilience comes to finances so i don't think uh, we can do anything about the past but how do we uh, you know what are some things that we can do to make sure that we're more resilient going forward yeah let me bring up uh, sneha yeah. as well as Leslie. Leslie. Yeah. hi sneha please go ahead um hi firstly thank you so much for conducting audio podcast. I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation so far. Um, I had to ask a question related to one of the things you guys discussed. Um, um, so you guys talked about how like um, saving your incomes is very important, especially if you're getting a higher salary or you're getting an increment. But that's very contrary to what people usually think. So if I were given like an income base, I would probably save like a percentage of that increment, but most like the maximum percentage of the increment I would spend. Um, so what commonly people I believe would think is that, okay, savings is important, but like saving 50% or 60% of your income is very not very common for most people because we think that, okay, we live our life only once and if you're not spending our say, um, increase salary or higher income in improving our lifestyle, then what's the point of having so much money? Well, people would save, but probably not like as much as 50 to 60% of their income. So Sneha, uh, what you are saying is a very valid point and uh, 50 to 60% is not always uh, possible, but 0% is also not good. Na? It's always about maintaining right. a balance. Okay, particularly when you're starting up, uh, starting person, you're just starting your career. Say initially uh, for two, three months of your first job, even if you're not saving almost anything, it's fine because uh, again, I'm not being very rational here, but uh, for the first time you are seeing that money for which you don't need to uh, be accountable for to and give, you know, give, give uh, a sort of a complete hisab to your parents, give where did this money go? So even for those two, three months, even if you want to blow sort of all your income, it is, that is also fine. But after that, you need to start saving. Start with any number. Generally, we say, you know, you, you should save minimum 20%. Start from there. But it is important to start and see if you can increase that percentage. And what you were talking about in terms of increment. Um, so we actually, you know, we uh, have also sort of, you know, came up with a sort of a formula uh, from, for that. Suppose your salary is increasing by, say, 20%. Whatever your expenses were before the increment, whatever your expenses were, increase it by half of this percent. 
So if your salary incre increases by 20%, increase your expenses by 10%. Automatically, you will end up saving more, more as in a disproportionately more. Instead of just 10% more savings, you will be saving something like 12, 13%, 15% more. Okay, so you are sort of rewarding yourself and it is extremely important to reward yourself when you have worked really hard for that increment or a bonus, right? But uh, it's also important that uh, if you keep just, um, you know, spending almost entire increment that you got, because that is how you're generally speaking, if you're doing well in your uh, career, your salary will keep going up. But if you are in the mindset, okay, okay I'll keep uh, increasing my expenses in the same proportion as my increment, your savings will still, you know, remain the same percentage. Initially, maybe, you know, you were making lesser money, so you were not in a position to save more. But when you are, when you can, why not? Yeah. And I think another interesting thing to consider here is, uh, Sneha, like, uh, the way I think of it, no, it's very simple. We are human first and then everything else happens. And at that human core level, obviously you want to reward yourself when you're doing well in your career. And I also think it's 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 about knowing who you are, knowing what makes you happy. So I'll give you a very uh, real example, okay? My brother and his wife, they're both doing really well, all of that. And, you know, one of the things is they have a budget that they call like failures or I, I don't know exactly the terminology I've forgotten that they use. But essentially they plan for things that they know that they're going to fail at. So what I'm trying to say, like I'll give simplest example, okay, my brother will replace his, like there is no way that he will have earphones that he will not lose. So he will order those earphones in bulk. He will plan to lose the earphone that he's going to lose so that he doesn't feel bad about it when it happens. Because at the end of the day, certain habits are just habits and they're parts of, part of us, right? So he plans for those kind of things in advance. And that's just a very like micro example, but you know, you can apply it to your business as well. You know that you're going to have a space where you will experiment with certain amount of money. So have that experimentation budget, have that plan. Another example, right? Like we used to think that we spent so much on Swiggy orders. Like in my head, I was thinking I'm spending something like 50,000 per month on Swiggy orders. But we actually sat down one month and like looked at all of uh, whatever, you know, amount we had actually spent. And it turned out to be a far lesser. And I realized, okay, I was feeling bad about something that was not even happening. So I think just uh, the, the point that we're trying to make is that Yes, like be aggressive. I, I honestly say be aggressive about saving because I feel like money is there to be spent on experiences and things that you value the most. You know, for me, I love like taking one international trip every year. So I will plan for it. But maybe I'll spend lesser on some domestic trips, but I will plan for that big international one. So it just depends on what your priorities are. But unless and until you really articulate them, there's no way for you or for your, you know, the the calculation that you're doing in your head to actually be seamless. No, actually, I think what you said na, uh, about, uh, you know, uh, spending on those uh, experiences that you enjoy, um, just going back to what you said earlier about, you know, social media and just showing it to people. I think when you want to spend money, just, just take a moment and think, do you want to buy whatever it is? Do you want to buy it because you want it or you want to buy it to just show it to others? And be it anything, international trip, maybe. Is it, is it like, do you really want it? Or you want to just show it to people, ki, hey, I'm going for an international trip. Whatever you want is what you should be spending money on. Because if you keep spending money on just, uh, you know, uh, to show it to people, 
actually uh, this uh, book by Morgan Housel, uh, Psychology of Money, over uh, there he has uh, said this in the, in that book. If you uh, are you know rolling in in a very fancy car, you may think that people are getting impressed, but what actually ends up happening is people are just jealous. You know when you are leaving your car for uh, that valet, uh, this fancy car, uh, you may think that he will get impressed. No, he is just looking. Ki, okay, so this is such a such a fancy car. So this probably he has a lot of money. So when I uh, you know get his car back, I'll be getting a good amount of tip. So focus on what matters to you. Spend money there. And of course, you know, as as Aditi has also pointed out, be aggressive with your uh, you know savings is important. It's just that you'll be able to you know reach your financial goals much faster. Can I answer your question, Sena, or your? Yeah, yeah, that that really helped answer my question. And also, I'm not earning right now, but I'd love to like plan for the future. So even if I'm given like pocket money, I try to like kind of work my way through it as if it's my salary, so that when I earn my first salary, maybe. I can use those tips, and these tips are really helpful to like think financially from now. So thanks, thanks a lot for the tips. Okay, thanks, Neha. Adi, Leslie, please go ahead. Thank you, Ankit. Um, I thank you uh, all for having this forum, and Aditi, I really appreciated how you shared that not everything comes from um, like. The scars can also come from good things, because I I also agree that um, I received scars, financial scars from my parents, and what I am doing right now is just reflecting back so that I can move forward in a more healthy way. Um, and I love my parents, so I'm not trying to blame them. I just am accepting that they. Their generation's thinking helped to create me the way the, the thinking that I had. So I am learning from their mistakes, and then also learning, taking my experiences and and looking at them differently. So I am changing my thinking. I am writing things down and uh, refraining from judging myself and uh, judging others and. Like Ankit was sharing just now about how other people perceive you, um, we don't know. We may believe that they think one particular way, because when my, for example, my dad purchased this very expensive car, and he was very proud of himself because he worked very hard to get it, and he, of course, he purchased it, but he had a car note. So from that, I learned. Okay, anytime I see somebody with a new car, I see them. I see it as a liability, as opposed to just oh, they have a lot of money. I'm like, no, nope, they've got new debt. So um, those are just some wonderful. I just really appreciate how all three of you have shared and opened up. Um, and this just resonated with me because I'm definitely trying to use my scars to overcome more than just financial issues, but other things. So just thank you all. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks for sharing uh, this story. Thank you so much. Okay, so we have Renisha. Hey, thank you, first of all, for this wonderful session. What is this concept of financial scars before? So it has really helped me, you know, just discover this new avenue of financial concept that you have talked about. So it's been great. So you've talked about, you know, 
um, how to identify financial scars and you know just knowing about them is can be the, the first step to getting over these financial scars but don't you feel these days it's very difficult to change any habit and more so a financial habit like it's not so easy to change somebody's spending habits even like the anecdote that you shared that you know we're a student who just got into this habit of spending a lot and even after her business wasn't doing well she couldn't stop so what are some tips that you would give to me as a student you know so going forward i would keep them in mind while i'm taking care of my financials or making the wrong decisions so you know just know that okay this is not going the right way and maybe i should stop and you know just introspectively So how do you identify that? Then it's a great question, and I love that you already think. Honestly, I got first got interested in it because uh, my first manager, who happened to be female as well, just pulled me aside when I got my first, you know, bonus increment, and she was just like. what are you planning to do with it and i was like i don't know i i was just going to put it in a fixed deposit or something and then you know she just like sat me down and just said dude like save your money this is what you can do two three things. like very maybe it was a five minute conversation but it really changed the way that i was thinking about it and and, and it just made me conscious so the fact that you're conscious about this relation number one is like already half the battle won is my honest uh, to god opinion so that's like kudos to you um in terms of like how to you know change habits habits in general obviously like uh, it's it's such a it, changing any habit is very very difficult right like we know that we can avoid some 90% of diseases in the world if we just exercise regularly but how many of us are able to stick to that i think uh, it's it's much broader topic to cover but i would say uh, if you have not yet uh, read the james clear book on uh, atomic habits it's very interesting it talks about the science of like habit building and how actually you can you know build better habits in terms of specifically building better financial habits my biggest advice would be to really look through where you've spent your money in the last let's say 5 months since the beginning of 2023 right um once you do that you yourself will realize like what are the things that you're good at what are the things that you need some help with what are some things that you're maybe not as happy about you know and 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 that will allow you like information really is power when it comes to this kind of uh, these kind of things where there is so much data available to you think about if you wanted to change any habit uh, any other habit or in in you know uh, other parts of your life it would be hard to even get the basic data here the data is very widely available to you because everything is essentially in an sms message and there are many tools that track where exactly you are spending and what's happening right so look into it don't shy away from looking into uh, whatever has been happening and then just you know in non judgmental way analyze what are the things that you're doing well what are the things where you feel that you need support and there are lot of communities accountability groups that you can be a part of i feel ankit you may be able to add more to this no actually i think what you said is uh, you know pretty amazing i renisha i'll just quickly add uh, you know just a recent not story just a life event you can say or just a story of a client so i mean to the point ki uh, you know changing habits are difficult but uh, if you have the will power you can do it i'll just give you, you know sharing a story of a uh, of a client so when he when he came to us first he was living in bangalore and he had um, he was living in a 2 bhk alone because occasionally his uh, parents used to visit him and he was paying something like 32000 and i was like he this doesn't make any sense 
I mean, you should definitely see if you can move to a shared apartment or something when you have one room or even if you are living, if you want to live alone maybe a, you know uh, a cheaper apartment maybe just a 1 bhk or something and uh, he was like okay and then just a couple of months later his uh, he changed his job he moved to mumbai and i don't know how but he was paying 14000 in mumbai i have no idea how he did it but he was like you know and get so you and after that i was talking to him and he told me he was like how did you do it i was like no you mentioned that you know i should cut down uh, my uh, rent and you gave me an indication of around 15000 so yeah i was able to find it uh, find a place for 14000 i was like wow kudos so you know when you try uh, it is not going to be easy but when you try you will be able to you know uh, do it right right one last thing that i wanted to add here like specifically talking about this i'm sure welkhap has at some point uh, you know written or talked about it but i think like understanding that every like every every time you were trying to uh, enter a job right there is scope for negotiation so i'll give you a very interesting metric while running school of future we had like i don't know how many but easily like 100 plus interviews um out of that maybe we made job offers to about like 30 people or so out of those 30 people probably one or two negotiated the salary with me and while i didn't have a massive range to even negotiate in the people who asked for more essentially ended up getting more and this may sound like you know really like whatever i don't know um like why should i ask for more all of that but it never hurts to ask you should always ask and also the on the other end like your employer is expecting you to ask uh if you don't you're basically leaving money on the table and just like understanding that you know some of that these negotiations uh, everything obviously will become better at in life as more time goes on but get in the habit of like not feeling scared to ask about things like this right uh, ranisha i ranisha i hope uh, that answers your question It really does. Thank you for these tips and tricks. I'm, I'll keep them in mind going forward. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Renisha. So, uh, okay. Now moving on to building financial resilience. You know, few of the things as uh, Alti has already covered, uh, right? Ki how is it that you build a financial resilience? I think that you know, just be a little proactive in developing a solid foundation. Few of the elements that uh, Alti has, you know, already covered about you know that knowing how much money do you, <clears throat> how much money you need for your emergency. you know that having that emergency uh, fund in place having some um, insurance in, in in place so that you can feel financially secure and you know also building it uh, building towards uh, you know passive income see when you when you know you have money you don't need to prove it to anyone uh, actually the best example is uh, warren buffett right he still i mean his car is still the 10000 dollar roughly 10000 dollar uh, lincoln He, if he wants to okay you know i would like to buy a fancy car he can't just buy a bmw he can buy the company bmw without thinking much about it but he doesn't need to that uh, do that right because he doesn't need to have a fancy car just to prove that he has money so as i mentioned earlier you know when you're spending money do it for yourself if there is something that you want you know that is something that you would like to get you would like to have do it why not don't do it just because if i have this i look so cool you know you know my friends will really like it don't do that because they, that's a slippery slope as uh, as aditi has pointed out earlier this uh, student of hers who was who kept buying stuff just to impress people that is a very you know slippery slope so try to avoid that uh, 
but really did not give you any joy whatsoever so look at your spending patterns don't be afraid of that look at the things that you want to prioritize in your life right like whatever they may be for certain people who love working from home their home is essential because it's not just the space where they relax it's also the space where they work and they may decide to invest a lot more in their working environment for example during covid actually when COVID, i think in the first few months itself i was running like 12 hour 14 hour days and i had a shit chair and my husband gifted me uh, with this like really fancy expensive chair which i never would have bought for myself and I'm sitting on it right now, three years later, and I swear to God, it's one of the best investments we have ever made that has genuinely helped me in my life. So, you know, just thinking through it in that way is is critical and will help the most. Third piece of advice that I would say is that um, I believe everyone in the world should be in therapy. I am a big, big proponent of it. I think it just helps. And so if you can find money therapist specifically, that would be amazing. But even um, if not that specifically, I think all therapists will be able to talk about money at a broad level at least because they have experiences with clients. Um, so, you know, uh, explore that option if that's something that is interesting to you. And yeah, last lastly, I would say that uh, be aggressive about saving, as I said uh, earlier. I think there are a lot of young people listening right now. It's just one of those things that will reap much higher returns in your future than you can even imagine right now yeah i'll pass it to you ankit please do add <laughs> sure thanks Aiti. so you know as Aiti said this is not an easy journey and i think uh, nothing worthwhile is so it is a difficult journey and as you know Aiti was pointing out you know one of the biggest problem that people face is just managing their expenses we have a number of clients, you know, who just can't control their spending. And whatever the reason may be, but they just can't control their spending. It's difficult, but uh, if you don't become mindful about it, and no one is asking you to become a miser, just be more conscious about it, as we, you know, discussed earlier. Be mindful about it, because if you don't do that, if you don't become mindful about it, you will, you know, you will never be able to break that vicious cycle. You'll always be stuck, uh, something happened, some X thing happened, Y thing happened, and you'll be stuck there. Try to get out of it. You know, do not hesitate in, you know, taking help. Talk to people uh, you can trust. Join a community, uh, you know, as uh, Alti was pointing out, if you can find a therapist, talk to that person. And it's important. Many a times, the uh, what, whatever has been built up, you know, inside you, and it's not just about the financial aspect of things. Once you have just, you know, taken it out of your chest, you feel, already feel better about it. And, you know, when you have done that, you have acknowledged, you have done that, that is when you're, you know, you're on, on your way to make improvements. So try to do that. And I think that will help you in a long way. And uh, I just hope and wish everyone a great financial future. Yeah, um, so that's kind of it from me. Thanks so much, uh, everyone. Thank you so much, Aditi, for firstly introducing this topic to us and then, you know, coming and spending an hour talking about it. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Okay, thanks, Aditi. Uh, thanks, everyone, for attending. Uh, it was lovely interacting with uh, people and uh, lovely that so many people had so many questions and, you know, they wanted to interact. Always uh, fun to talk to people. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, you have a, all of you have a good evening. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Bye bye. Good night.